Welcome to Global Bridges. We are hosting Global Bridges at the University of St. Thomas at the heart of the city in Houston, Texas. I am Dr. Beverly Barrett, faculty with the UST Cameron School of Business, where we connect with guests from around the world. Today, I'm happy to welcome our guest, Ms. Taya Johatse from the capital city, Tbilisi, in Georgia. She's going to speak with us about Georgia, the country on the leading edge. As the world is recovering from the global pandemic, we have launched this series, Global Bridges Changing Flows in People and Trade. This enables us to listen to our guests to travel abroad from home to learn about recovery in their countries. Thank you for letting us travel with you to Georgia via podcast. Welcome. Thank you for having me. We're so glad you're with us today. I'm going to tell you about our guest, Ms. Taya Johatse, and a little bit about Georgia, which is a fascinating country at the crossroads. Um, our guest, Ms. Taya Johatse, is a business expert with distinction as chartered financial analyst. She is deputy CEO at the Georgian Co-Investment Fund, which is a $2 billion private equity fund focused on Georgia. For eight years, Taya worked with Georgia's largest bank as head of funding and debt capital markets, bringing it to IPO, initial public offering on the London Stock Exchange. In the past, she spent time in Houston. We really appreciate her connections to our city from where we're recording. She worked with CMS Energy, a Fortune 100 company, and she was in Washington, D.C. with Pace Global Energy. Previously, Taya has worked with the United Nations agencies and European security structures, which give her a broad perspective on global business and policy. Welcome. So before I talk a little bit about Georgia, tell us a, a memory or two that you might have about Houston. I have very fond memories of Houston. Actually, um, the, the colleagues that I had, uh, the people that I worked with were very dynamic, very warm, and very um, uh, successful people, extremely fit. And um, it was really uh, fun and enjoyable to talk with to talk with them. And actually I have this one funny memory that I have working on the trading floor, uh, working on the trading floor uh, doing energy uh, uh, research. And I had a question about Texas and uh, on the trading floor, there was one guy at the end of the trading floor that had, um, in my opinion, uh, you know, I thought, I thought he was, must be from Texas because he had this Texan accent. So I went all the way to the end of the trading floor and I asked uh, this person, Chad, can you tell me this and this about Texas energy system? And everybody around looked and said, why did you go all the way to the end of the trading floor? You think because he has this accent, he's more Texan than we all are. <laughs> so that was very funny, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, I remember a lot of uh, wonderful things about Texas. I still keep in touch with my friends that I made in Texas. And I hope that I'll, I can come back and enjoy some Texas barbecue and some Tex-Mex food and uh, Rice Village and uh, Bayou and all the nice things that I remember about yes. Texas. Thank you about that. Thank you for those memories. We look forward to welcoming you back mm -hmm. too. And it's so great to be able to make this global bridge between Houston and Tbilisi. And we appreciate all the knowledge that you're going to share today. So a bit more about what we're going to learn from Ted today as we look at Georgia and how Georgia is unique in its resources and its geopolitical location leading the way in the region, which is in the heart of the crossroads of several geographic areas. We know that Georgia is a country of less than 4 million population, about 3.7 million population in the Caucasus. It's located on the eastern edge of the Black Sea. 
strategically placed between Russia, Azerbaijan, Armenia, and Turkey. The country was a member of the USSR for nearly 70 years from 1922 to 1991. And prior influences on Georgia have been from Byzantine, Ottoman, and Persian kingdoms in prior centuries, though it's maintained a unique ethnicity, language, and culture. So we're really looking forward to diving in. And we have so much to cover today, but first, Tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you're working on lately in Tbilisi, Georgia, please. So about eight years ago, we founded the Georgian Co-Investment Fund. It's a private equity vehicle. Um, and the idea was that uh, in the past, we have encountered uh, a lot of situations when um, investors, international investors um, of you know, different types, financial strategic investors, uh, we are reluctant to invest in Georgia because in order to invest in a new country, they have to dedicate an entire team to study uh, very thoroughly the situation in the local market. So if you don't have a very strong uh, local partner who also invests significant uh, amount of, of their own money and has the local expertise, um, it, it was basically not, not interesting for them to even uh, research this uh, market and even to look into it. So by creating this vehicle where there was a significant local contribution, uh, uh, local, local investment would be a, you know, a significant chunk of the investment. And uh, uh, in a very robust and strong Georgian team, uh, we thought that it would enable uh, foreign investors to come in and invest together with us. So that was the idea. Um, and we invest uh, only in Georgia, uh, our investments, you know, because uh, yeah, we're geographically focused. Uh, we, uh, our investments are in tourism infrastructure, in real estate, in um, energy, uh, in uh, agriculture and manufacturing. Fantastic. Uh, so it's been very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's about two billion uh, assets under management. So uh, because Georgia is only 16 billion uh, GDP, it's uh, quite large for Georgia quite large one eighth of the gdp of georgia so congratulations yeah. for that and for the yeah. for the growth and the investment and the impact you're having with the georgia co-investment fund mm -hmm. fantastic to hear for those listeners who do not know georgia very well and want to know more please tell us some more typical things about your country georgia um, well, Georgia is a very open economy. Uh, George W. Bush, uh, when he visited Georgia in uh, 2000, what was it, four, I think, um, he was the first US president to visit Georgia, and he called Georgia a beacon of democracy uh, for, for the region, I suppose. Uh, uh, we have been recognized as the world's number one reformer by the World Bank some years ago, and currently we rank number seven according to the World Bank's ease of doing business. Uh, it's actually just uh, one behind United States in terms of this rating. Corruption is low uh, and Georgia ranks ahead of several EU countries, including Italy, not to single out Italy, but you know, because everyone knows Italy is, a, you know. A reference point. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Georgia is, um, uh, is an attractive tourist destination. Tourism is a very important um, uh, part of the economy. Tourism grew uh, between 2005 and 2000, uh, 2019. Uh, tourist arrivals grew 19 times. So this, I mean, has been a huge boom. Of course, after uh, after the after 2019, because of COVID, there was a slump. Uh, but now it's starting to recover again. Um, 
you know, have uh, tourism includes, you know, cultural tourism, historical sightseeing, mountain tourism, skiing, seaside, wine tourism, agritourism, uh, you know, wilderness, uh, whatever, culinary tourism, and, you know, many different types of attractions. Fantastic. Beautiful nature. Beautiful nature. And you yourself are part of this industry. Tell us about um, how you fit into this hospitality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Well, uh, my husband and I, we own... um, uh, we own a, a boutique hotel, a lovely uh, small uh, uh, boutique hotel in uh, the in the central historical part of Tbilisi. We have actually hosted um, uh, the first, the second lady of the United States uh, um, a few years ago, Karen Pence. Uh, we have hosted David Lynch, you know, of course, the famous uh, film director. We have hosted Donald Rumsfeld, Madeleine Albright, and um, some others that um, you know your listeners will recognize yes um and we also operate um, uh, a luxury ski chalet in um, unesco heritage site in the mountains yes. uh, in the mountainous region of georgia and um uh senator john mccain uh former candidate for presidency uh, has actually stayed there during his official visit very memorable senator from arizona Absolutely. who was candidate in yeah. the 2000 um, eight election, I believe. So thank you so much for sharing about that. So how do we find these locations in Tbilisi and in the, the Ski Chalet? Tell us the mm-hmm. names and websites, please. Vinotel. Vinotel is the name of our boutique hotel. And uh, through that, you can find our Ski Chalet and uh, our, you know, our boutique hotel. And also we own a winery. Uh, we yes. own a winery, uh, you know, because Georgia, one, another thing that everyone, uh, you know, we tell, <laughs> we are very proud of, we tell everyone, mm-hmm. is that Georgia is the place that has actually invented wine from, yes. you know, from what everyone, you know, uh, for the, the way it is believed mm-hmm. uh, and recognized. Um, Georgia has been making wine with the same technology for 8,000 uninterrupted vintages because we have 8,000 years of archaeological um, you know, um, evidence of that. And right. this technology, this unique technology is now part of the UNESCO World Heritage. And actually the word wine also comes from Georgia. And we have in Georgia uh, 525 indigenous uh, varieties of grape. You can find grape growing wild in the forest. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, both my family and my husband's family we have both been producing wine um, uh, for all the generations that we know of. Uh, you know, the, the, we come from both come from two different winemaking regions, and so we have uh, vineyards and winery, uh, uh, basically wineries, uh, in uh, those two regions, and also in a third uh, large wine producing region in Georgia. That so, is fantastic. Thank you for telling yeah. us about that history mm-hmm. with wine mm-hmm. and Georgia, and about the Vinotel. The website is v i n o t e l dot g e for Georgia. And are we able to visit the wineries too, or just the hotel? Yes, yes, you can uh, visit the winery. It's a beautiful winery, beautiful location. It's at the mountain hill, and uh, it's a it's a it's a mountain. Uh, you know, you say mountain, uh, beginning of a mountain. So it's on a hill, beginning of the mountain, and uh, at the edge of a forest, and okay. also beautiful. 
you know, my husband did a good job. So <laughs> it's, it's a nice place to visit and you can try, try all the wines. We have sure seven different varieties. Yeah. A great team effort. So that would be something to look forward to <laughs> visiting, visiting Georgia, yeah. visiting the wineries. Thank you for sharing us about this special culture and tradition that you share with the world and venology. So we want to hear a bit more about what's happening today, but before we need to, you know, before we look at trade issues, health issues, growth, mm-hmm. security, tell us a bit more about what makes Georgia so unique at the crossroads, as we say, you're on mm-hmm. the leading edge of many different mm-hmm. regions. And what is unique about this geopolitical location in the yeah. crossroads? Yeah, so Georgia is really um, uh, on the crossroads of Europe and Asia. I mean, it is, um, you know, uh, in some in some uh, in some categorizations. Let's say if you're looking uh, for Georgia, you might find it under Europe. In some uh, cases, you might find it under Asia. Uh, but historically and culturally, it has always been leaning. I mean, looking towards the West. Um, uh, that that's how, that's how it has. Um, uh, unfolded and because of that culturally we are closer to Europe so I remember a friend of mine a Spanish friend of mine was telling me when he was traveling um, to Georgia via Greece and Turkey he felt that when he uh, when he uh, when he entered from uh, Turkey from Greece he was in the Middle East but when he entered Georgia from Turkey he was back in the Mediterranean actually mm-hmm. so but which is actually further it. away from Spain but it was closer to him you know somehow mm-hmm. culturally and uh, by you know um, culturally I suppose the way things looked yes. um yeah so we are bordering Russia we're part of the Soviet Union and that obviously creates um, challenges for us uh, Georgia was uh, invaded by Russia in 2008 and uh, some of our territories are occupied um, um uh, yeah and uh, yeah we have been trying to manage the relationship with Russia to uh, peacefully uh, to the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so what is happening in Ukraine is close to our hearts actually very much so. Right, thanks for um, sharing that experience and um, Georgia's unique position in the world. So as we think about um, today and trade and your unique position, we've heard a lot about changing supply chains at least on them, the ships, you know, coming from China. I don't know how uh, much affected um, Georgia has been, say to so to speak, because if we think about your major trade partners and tourism being important to you, has these changes in supply chains or um, post-pandemic recovery affected trade much? Or what have been the issues? Have has healthcare affected trade much too? How is Georgia doing at this moment? Yes, definitely. The, there have been disruptions, disruptions in the supply chain and um, uh, prices have gone up. Inflation in, um, uh, in, product, uh, in production uh, goods, uh, things that we need, for example, in... Um, uh, in Inputs, perhaps, yeah. intermediate goods. Yes, I guess yeah. we all need um, intermediate goods in our global world, right? Because we're yeah, all... Yeah, yeah. so we have felt definitely increase in prices in construction materials and the material mm-hmm. that we require to build our projects. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, overall inflation, uh, consumer inflation, as well as production inflation, producer inflation uh, in the country. And uh, besides that, of course, um, Georgia, uh, so, um, Russia and Ukraine were two important trade partners and tourism partners. And, um, you know, that will definitely affect us. Um, 
And since they affect also other countries in the region, that will affect us as well, indirectly, as well as directly. So you say that prices are going up as they are globally with inflation, uh -huh. but the currency has been... Resilient. The currency has been stable. Uh, the currency has been resilient, though it has been stable throughout this period. So that is a strength then for Georgia mm -hmm. at this time. So, and perhaps as we see in the U.S., that we've seen um, real estate prices increase in Georgia too um, at this time. So people have been looking for investment, and so if we look back um, and we look forward, I mean, about. Um, the COVID crisis, about the population being able to return to work after vaccines. Does the country feel like that's mostly behind them now? Or where is the country as far as the workforce? And then um, after we look at that, maybe we can talk a little bit about the energy transition too, which is, I know, um, important. But what about um, the healthcare and the population? Sure, sure. COVID has been actually um, a huge hit for Georgia because Georgia, uh, because tourism is an important industry mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. Georgia. And, uh, you know, for some time we had uh, harsh lockdowns and um, uh, flights were canceled, uh, hotels were closed. So, I mean, tourism in, 20, uh, in 2020 went down to, I don't know, 5% of what it was uh, in 2019 in some, in some months. So, uh, you know, 94, 95% um, uh, decrease yeah. in tourism. Uh, although, you know, it has been recovering. Uh, it has recovered in 2021 to about, you know, to about 40, 50% of what we had in 2019. And this year actually has been uh, going uh, better, better than, uh, you, know, um, you know, recovery is, um, ha has been strongly underway. Although, you know, January, February are not major tourist months, but, but nonetheless. But of course, now the, this war has, you know, is, is going to have an effect and reduce tourists from these regions. But, you know, we hope that they will be replaced by tourists from, you know, European Union, from US, those have been growing very well, and also from the Middle East. I see. What is the policy response? And, uh, but currently, I mean, like to answer your question, whether it's been uh, mostly behind, yes, I think currently we don't have uh, high, you know, high numbers in COVID, very, very low numbers and uh, almost no restrictions. Uh, the only restriction that remains is wearing a uh, mask indoors. And that, that's the only restriction that I we see. have right now. Mm -hmm. so what has the policy response been in um, the US and advanced countries? We saw a real robust fiscal policy response, expansionary fiscal policy stimulus, and then of course, expansionary monetary policy, which now we're slowly um, contracting as we slowly raise rates and start purchasing assets with the central bank. Was the policy response similar in Georgia? Very, very similar. Yes, definitely fiscal stimulus. And right now the national bank is raising interest rates as well. Contraction. Yes, to, to fight inflation. Okay, thanks. We appreciate learning those cycles. And as we look to that, you know, that um, it's important for financing and growth and development. Um, we're all interested in energy, particularly in Houston and in Texas. Um, and we talk quite a bit about the transition you know, to renewable energy. And um, how is that looking for Georgia? What are the sources of your energy and what is energy future looking like? 
Actually, around 75% of Georgia's electricity is uh, renewable, is in renewable energy. And that is traditionally, that is not new because Georgia is a mountainous country with lots of rivers uh, and yes. we have lots of hydro. Hydro is our main source of energy. Hydropower is 75% Hydropower. of your electricity. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, and um, uh, and we are actually at Georgian Cornerstone Fund developing, uh, well, we're at the late stage of uh, developing one hydropower plant and at an early stage of developing another uh, hydropower plant. So, you know, that is part of our portfolio as well. And it's, uh, it's a popular investment in Georgia because, you know, there are known project sites. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, um, uh, it's, it's one of the important sectors uh, for developing uh, the economy. And um, uh also we have some wind but that's that's new that uh new uh, developments in wind and there are some pipeline projects in solar there isn't anything significant in solar yet okay. and yeah. also um you know we have a uh a large state-of-the-art tomato and cucumber greenhouse. And, uh, you know, it's very energy intensive because we have, uh, you know, it requires heating and also requires artificial lighting for grow lights. And uh, it's, it's actually a 16 megawatt uh, energy that we require. And we are now uh, putting in um, uh, our, uh, we have found um, a company that, uh, is <laughs> developing this uh, proprietary um, proprietary method for pyrolysis of used tires. It's uh, it's like boiling boiling used tires <laughs> into uh, into gas, <laughs> and using this gas to uh, produce electricity and fit into our greenhouse. I so, see. What an interesting yeah. link between the vegetable yeah. greenhouses and the pearls. Yeah. Of used tires, and this must be really important, particularly in the winter months. I mean, when yes, yes, definitely, because in the winter is when we need heating and uh, lighting. So yeah, what a neat technology! And the Georgia Co Investment Fund is part of pioneering this project. So mm -hmm. we look yeah. forward to, to hearing exciting. more about yeah. it um, as we move forward. So that is super excited, and we're going to see. It sounds like Georgia is pretty. Um, reliable, self-reliable with the hydropower and these technologies, perhaps not needing to import as much energy as others. I know other countries in Europe and the EU are needing to think about their energy sources, particularly in light of um, the conflict with Russia, Ukraine, but Georgia is somewhat protected from that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not necessarily protected because um, uh, energy needs of Georgia are growing because uh, the more the economy develops, the more the standard of living uh, goes up. Uh, also, uh, as tourism develops, the intensity of the economy, energy intensity of the economy grows. So um, we require more and more electricity, more and more uh, energy. And uh, for that, you need to develop more, um, uh, more new renewable or otherwise uh, generation capacity hopefully renewable because we don't have much of our own gas and uh, oil. And, um, uh, and we have uh, a lot of our own rivers that fall vertically very from very high places and uh, we can use that for energy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, to, uh, you know, to um, support that the government needs to continue providing incentives like power purchase agreements for the long term and um, et cetera. And, um, you know, uh, 
there was, uh, you know, they have been doing that. And there was some period when, uh, because of the advice of the International Monetary Fund, they have stopped it. But now they're, uh, it seems that they're renewing it again. So, you know, uh, those projects take a long time because, you know, they're infrastructure, large infrastructure projects, and right. um, they take time to develop. Right. These power purchase agreements um, mm-hmm. will help Georgia's energy independence and, and, and growth for the future. So there are lots of possibilities. Um, thanks so much for speaking how you work with international institutions as well, such as the IMF. And so thinking about other countries in Europe, um, perhaps we'll maybe end on that, you know, your last perspectives as we close, but we were just talking about work and growth. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about how you see the future of work in Georgia and incorporating technology together yeah. with growing energy needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, one uh, uh, good thing, it's a good thing that has followed um, COVID is transformation of uh, how we work uh, and, uh, you know, increase of remote work. And Georgia has been, even prior to COVID, it has been a destination for, you know, lifestyle destination for people in the region, uh, a place where people uh, like to come and work from here if they can work uh, remotely or, or, um, you know, spend some time and work here. And um, uh, with COVID, uh, and especially in the technology groups, there has been more and more people that have chosen Georgia as a place to work from because of lifestyle, because of, uh, you know, attractive, um, uh, you know, uh, because of Georgia being an attractive place for them. And uh, that includes technology groups, actually, uh, first and foremost, and uh, so we have seen these uh, startups moving, migrating to Georgia or individual tech, um, you know, savvy people moving here. And, um, uh, and we're, you know, we're working with um, um, Silicon Valley related or Silicon Valley uh, venture capital uh, community. And um, they have been actually uh, seeing, um, uh, they have been um, working very closely with Georgian startups. And they have been saying that this is a very exciting place right now for startups, it looks very much like it is about to take off because of the, you know, because of the way it is, has been uh, growing and developing. And, uh, and one of the catalysts that they have been seeing is this migration also. Um, but now after, after this unfortunate, very unfortunate events uh, in Ukraine, um, we are seeing more, uh, we are seeing a, a much more, um, you know, uh, much, much larger flow of people moving to Georgia to work from here. You are uh, seeing a larger from, flow. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, especially, I mean, we have, we are, of course, seeing uh, people from Ukraine who are, you know, here as refugees, but we're also seeing a lot of people from Russia and from Belarus um, moving here, um, you know, uh, because of the uh, situation in their country, in their countries. And, um, Tell us yeah. what what does it remind them of? What other countries do venture capitalists say Georgia reminds? Oh, yeah, them? Um, yeah, they're 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 saying that uh, right now Georgia looks like it's about to take off, and they have seen it when they were looking at uh, you know Finland at an early uh, early stage of uh, venture capital investments there or startup development there in Israel, in Portugal, um, Estonia. 
And uh, yeah, and uh, you know that's why some of those um, Silicon Valley groups are actually coming in and uh, starting to um, set up local um, local uh, offices here to right. be a part of this. Okay, that's interesting comparison. So hopefully, you know, they'll have just the right policies to support um, this kind of growth and venture capital, and the effects will um, be positive throughout society. Um, so interesting the comparisons. So. Tell us a little bit more about, I mean, your perspectives on um, Georgia, you know, as relates to the rest of Europe or, or just the, the rest of um, the regions. As you said, Georgia kind of considers itself closer to Europe, perhaps Western than Eastern. And so tell us, have um, brought these perspectives from different places in the world back to Georgia. and. Our students also can hear a bit about your time abroad as well and how yeah, that was valuable for you. I have lived about 10 years outside of Georgia. First, uh, my first experience was in the United States. I was an exchange student, high school exchange student in uh, Wisconsin. And um, I was 16. And, uh, you know, that was definitely a very um, important experience for me. It was uh, uh, difficult uh, because, uh, I mean, it was uh, 1992, it was just after the Soviet Union fell apart and then I ended up in the United States. So, uh, you know, it was a culturally very different. So it was, I was- um, And you know, not the same technology. No. Yes, we said the same time, not the same technology, not the same email, not the same- Yeah, yeah, app. there was You're no- Yeah, it was, uh, you know, Two and a half dollars for one minute of phone call, <laughs> yes. yeah. and um, yeah, so um, so it was uh, challenging, but it was also very very good, uh, uh, very very good for my personal development. I mean, it was of course lots of fun and lots of wonderful experiences as well, but um, it was very good. It was a formative experience because um, you know you end up uh, having to question every. I mean because there are things that uh, different cultures look at differently. And, uh, and then you have to question, uh, why do you do it the way you do it? And why is this better the way you do it? Why is your, the way you do it better? And uh, in many cases, you find it, no, it's actually not better. Maybe it's worse. So, it's easy so to think you, outside of yourself, right? And, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to reevaluate re things that you have been, you know, fed, basically things that you have uh, uh, taken uh, for granted okay. that this is the way it is. And then when I went back to Georgia, having assimilated a lot of the values that I was, um, that I found in the United States, when I went back to Georgia, then I had to ag again reevaluate why does my new way of, you know, doing things or believing is better and, you know, again, go through that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I definitely recommend it to everyone. I don't know if, um, you know, uh yeah it's it's um yeah it's it's definitely very good expanding expands your horizons to go and study abroad and then i went uh to um actually i was uh working uh in denmark now working uh for um uh, osc or organization for security and cooperation in europe yes and then i was working and then i was studying in denmark uh, and uh, Sweden, I was working in Sweden for Institute of Electoral Assistance and Democracy. And, uh, and Italy, we were together uh, with yes. you uh, in Italy and then of course Washington DC and Houston. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, uh, there are of course uh, cultural differences, but 
uh, once you learn to uh, accept that there are these cultural differences and uh, they are not better or worse, it's just the way, it's just the way in the different frameworks that people work with, then you realize that, yeah, it's in the end, I mean, it's very, very, um, uh, everything else is very, very similar. I mean, people are the same everywhere. Right. And uh, yeah. It's a neat um, note to end on, right? The culture definitely shapes our lives and society, economy, politics, but human, um, you know, care, respect, connection is the same wherever we go. So I'm so glad that we were able to make this connection today and do this Global Bridges today. Thank you for being our guest today. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up the podcast? No, it's um, it has been a pleasure to be with you and to be a part of the St. Thomas community for this We've really enjoyed having you today. Thank you very much to Teja Jakadze for speaking with us from Georgia, a country on the leading edge. You've been listening to Global Bridges, Changing Flows in People and Trade since the pandemic. We thank Teja Jakadze for taking time to talk to us about Georgia from Tbilisi, the capital. If there are any like to hear in the future, please let us know. You can reach us through the contact page at globalizationandchange.com. If you found the podcast, Christine, subscribe, rate, review, and share it. Global Bridges is iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you to the production team at the University of St. Thomas, Darnell Miller, Sandy Solis, and Jeff Olson. I'm Dr. Beverly Barrett at the University of St. Thomas, Texas. Thank you for listening.